Have you ever been to the reading of a will? Movies and television sometimes depict scenes involving such a reading, like in that 1988 classic film Rain Man, where that aggressive, selfish young Charlie Babbitt, played by Tom Cruise, discovers that his estranged father has died and in the reading of the will learns that his dad has bequeathed virtually all of his multi-million dollar estate to Charlie's brother Raymond, played by Dustin Hoffman. Raymond is an autistic savant and Charlie was totally unaware that he even had a brother. Charlie is left with only his father's beloved vintage car and the rose bushes. Now that was a shock to him. But scenes like that happen in the movies. They rarely happen in real life. More often than not, the reading of one's will is comforting. As loved ones get to hear the last words of the deceased and experience their generosity one more time. How wonderful to be told and shown affection just one more time from someone that you love. A dozen or so years ago, my husband Clark and I were visiting a family a day or so after their father's funeral service. The whole family was still there, so they asked us to come in, and everyone continued to share stories. Before long, there was a knock at the door, and it was their lawyer. He had come over to read their father's will. Well, we were a little surprised, but they asked us to stay, and so we did. I'm really glad we did because it was a beautiful experience, hearing those words of affirmation to his family members and what he wanted done with his assets. Their father was eloquent. His words were meaningful and filled with love for all of them and his community. It was a real gift. Friends, we will all die one day. Every moment we live is so incredibly precious, and each of us has an opportunity to leave a beautiful legacy. Our passage today from the first chapter of Ephesians is part of a letter that Paul wrote to the saints at Ephesus. It's like Paul has come to read the will, reminding everyone of their inheritance from God. The will is read to the saints. Now, you may remember that that word saint, it carries different meanings. Sometimes we say a saint when we're thinking of those great heroes and heroines of the faith, people who were and are particularly faithful and brave, or those who have lived and died for their faith, like Stephen, the first Christian martyr in the New Testament, or Joan of Arc or Oscar Romero. But saint... Well, it's so much more than that. It's bigger and broader than we might first imagine. In New Testament vernacular, or New Testament speak, the saints include both young and old, living and departed, transcending time and space. Like we say in the communion liturgy, and so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Yes, saints means all, all who have responded affirmatively to God's call. All Christian followers, recognizing that everyone is flawed and messy, recognizing that we have all made mistakes and we are all broken in places. Nonetheless, we are also windows for God's love and grace to shine through. We are vessels to carry good news into the world. Yes, my friends, you are a saint. 
And Paul says all Christians have obtained an inheritance. Nobody has been left out. We have all been remembered in the will. And our inheritance includes forgiveness and salvation, hope and new life. Paul is very clear that in the family of God, all are equal recipients of God's grace through Jesus Christ. And can't you hear how proud Paul is of the church at Ephesus? And he should be. Paul spent more time in Ephesus than any other city. He had a very strong missionary presence there. And years later, after being imprisoned by the Romans, Paul writes this letter to the community of faith. You see, news of their great faith and love for all people had spread so widely that Paul heard about it from others, which is why Paul gives thanks to God every time he remembers them. And when he does, he participates in a culture of giving honor, giving respect, bearing witness to their legacy. It's like Jesus speaking of the woman who washed his feet with her tears and hair at the anointing at Bethany. And Jesus proclaims, truly I say to you, whenever the gospel is preached to the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her. Yes, a legacy of giving honor, giving respect, bearing witness to one's life and witness. So those everyday, holy and faithful Christ followers are our spiritual ancestors too. The church at Ephesus and a host of other Christians have passed down the faith generation after generation. They showed us faith by their examples so that we know the hope to which God has called us. Who we are today, the faith we have and the way we live it, we owe to those faithful before us. Those who have passed on their faith to us, they have honored us with that gift. That was their legacy to us. Who shared their faith story with you? Who made a kingdom difference in your life? If they're still alive, I hope you'll take a moment to thank them. And if they have passed into the next life, then offer a prayer of gratitude to God for their witness. Today is All Saints Sunday. Is such a meaningful day in the life of the church. Yes, for some, it is a painful reminder of loss, but it's also a litany of gratitude and comfort and encouragement as we draw strength from their memory and the reminders of God's goodness. The ritual of naming in worship, lighting candles in memory of those who have died, especially in the past year, is a simple but important way to mark our grief and measure our healing to be encouraged as we remember those who've gone before us, and to continue to live out, indeed live into our legacy, our future of sharing the hope of God with the world. And so in 2021, we remember and we give thanks. We give thanks for the 30 people who gathered for worship in 1899 on the corner of Platt and Magnolia. They gathered to charter this church. Now, they could have been satisfied to continue worshiping on that corner and going back home each week. No doubt that would have been easier than what they did. But little by little, bit by bit, they bought this land and they built this church. They gave sacrificially and were following God's call. And they have left these buildings for us to be stewards of. They left us a lot more, too. 
They left us the example of attending worship regularly, bringing their children and inviting their family and friends to join them. This church, this church did not grow by accident or luck. It grew by intention and by the commitment of the members. They shared the faith with their lives, practicing mission in the city and doing justice for their neighbors. What a generous and big-hearted legacy they have left to us. And this year, this year we have to bid farewell to some of those beautiful saints. All of them were human. They were not perfect, just forgiven. They weren't righteous, but they were saved by grace. And all of them were windows for God's love and grace to shine through. Like Merrick Pitts, her smile would light up the room like a Christmas tree. She was a social worker in the school system and took every disciple class offered She was funny and positive and lived her faith by the way she cared for others. And Lee Swain, what a kind soul. He was a proud veteran, a loyal volunteer in the church kitchen, helping prepare and serve with great joy, and he loved to serve at open arms, too. Cynthia Lynn. Oh, Cynthia. She worked in the church office for many years, helping things run smoothly around here. She and her husband, John, with his big old smile, used to greet the children every Sunday morning when the kids were heading into Sunday school. And Bud Harris. Bud was on the supply end of the dairy business, getting products where they needed to go, so he traveled a lot, but he was faithful in worship. If he was able to get here, he was here. And Jim Sale. Jim, a beloved member of this community, a kind and gentle soul who served very consistently as an usher, greeting people when they arrived with a kind reception. What beautiful legacies they've left. And there are more. Betty Olmstead. Betty was known as the lunch lady at Dale Mabry Elementary. She knew every child by name and lots of them attended here. She and her husband, Jerry, were regular in worship attendance, most often in the chapel. And Jerry collected the money each Wednesday evening for dinner, giving everyone a warm welcome when they arrived. Hmm. Marcella Holton. Marcella took her departure from us at nearly 102 years of age. She was faithful in worship, a regular participant in the prime timers, and a weekly bulletin folder and stuffer. Yes, she was one of the real center folders. And Margaret Matthews. Someone said she did everything and made it look easy. She served on many church committees, supported our mission projects, and attended a variety of study and small groups. As a professional woman, she had a keen interest in encouraging other lawyers, especially young female lawyers. For support, she would invite them to join her in the Wonder Woman pose. She would say, stand tall, put your hands on your hips and straighten your back, Take a deep breath, look up, and listen to me say to you, you are powerful. You are beautiful. I love you. What a legacy. And Marge Crawford. Marge had a beautiful voice. You could hear her singing in the choir or joyfully singing, climb every mountain out her kitchen window in the evenings while she was doing the dishes. And then there's Doug Rowland. Doug, a vibrant, faithful fixture around here for over 30 years. He served on a lot of committees, but perhaps what he's most remembered for is that after he completed Disciple 2, 
into the Word and into the world. After he retired, he and his wife, Sherry, served as mission volunteers for three years in South Africa. And in that capacity, Doug transformed the Seth Mokatimi Seminary and their pastors for generations to come. He did this by starting field education placements for those seminarians. It was a new concept for them and a beautiful legacy. Friends, everyone has a story. I mean, what about Sharon and Raina, Tom and Bev? What about Randy and Anne, Lucille and Bill? What about Ian and Carolyn and David and Reginald and Jim and so many others whom we name in our hearts today? Who we are today, the faith that we have, the way we live it, we owe to those who were faithful before us. It is true. We will all die one day, and every moment is precious. And each of us has an opportunity to leave a beautiful legacy. So as you think about the one you will leave, as you think about the ways you are passing on the faith to others, sharing the good news with the present and future generations, and being a window for God's love and grace to shine through, I hope you'll hear these words, not from Margaret Matthews, but from Jesus. Strike a pose, my friends. Not the Wonder Woman pose, but the wonderful saints of God pose. And hear these words from the one who loves you most. I'm proud of you. You're my beloved. You are grafted into this family by grace. You are powerful. You are beautiful. Now go and share the good news. Live the good news and fill the world with my hope. Will you pray with me? Thank you, God, for you have blessed us with saints all of our lives, those who put up with us and those who help prepare us for discipleship, those who've touched us with compassion and those who illumine the way for us. Now help us be willing vessels so your light and love can shine through us. Empower us to pass the faith on to others and leave a beautiful legacy of love. This prayer we ask in your name. Amen.